punch the wall. For real. For, for real. Dude. And like, before Eric punches the wall, we are live. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is episode 21 of the Gaming Perspective Podcast. Happy to have you guys here. We have a lot to talk about tonight. We've got Persona 4 Golden hitting over 500,000 players already. Devolver Digital's new games and info from their showcase. Sony investing massively in Epic Games. Tencent entering exclusive talks with Leiu. And Microsoft joins the battle for Warner Brothers Interactive. And we'll also, of course, be talking about the Ubisoft Forward event that happened earlier this afternoon. But before we dive in and start talking about that stuff... I have to introduce the people that are going to discuss this stuff with me. And introducing from Windows Central, Android Central, and iMore, Mr. Samuel Tolbert. Hey, it's uh, good to be here, guys. Obviously a little unorthodox because I know we're doing Sunday again, but there's a good reason for it. There's a lot of good stuff to go over. Uh, yeah, let's dive right in. I'm actually excited. I'm excited about games. How about that? It's nice. <laughs> yeah, for once. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you mad? <laughs> I'm mad. Well, you I see, don't even know why I'm mad. I'm mad. In, I, in, Nick, Nick, you need to sub to my Patreon, and then you can get the exclusive <laughs> first look at the part one of five of a ten-hour rant about oh. why I'm mad about the state of games. <laughs> then, you, then you'll find out. You know, that, that's a policy I can get behind. I could probably get my PC in the... Because, like, obviously, there's not a bunch of angry, white-bearded guys ranting about video games online. I think we're offering a very diverse uh, <laughs> idea here. Um, <laughs> whew, okay, before I get demonetized, oh, I'm already demonetized. And introducing from Lords of Gaming.net, Mr. Jared Eden. Well, how's it going, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, we got, we got a decent amount of stuff to talk about, so let's get her going. And introducing from the great land of Florida, which is its own country now, I believe, um, Mr. Eric Jackson. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Um, I'm holding all of my anger until I actually start a YouTube channel to monetize, and then I'll get pissed. Because that's the only uh, reason you get pissed is when you need people to come to your channel, you know. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Nothing says monetize like uh, being pissed. <laughs> Outrage content from the win. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. We're good to be here, guys. I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nick, what's on the docket? Okay. We're... Can people hear me? Yeah. 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 Unfortunately. Maybe. <laughs> oh, now I can't hear. Oh, this is great. Oh, boy. Okay. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Nicholas Downey. Can you guys um, hear me? Yeah. 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 We promise. Can you hear me now? Good. We promise. <laughs> wow. <Jeez. laughs> okay. Um. You know what? While he sorts himself out, what have you guys been playing? There's no reason to wait. Uh, Jared, let's start with you. Oh, my goodness. I've been playing a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> She's a little exasperated. That's okay, Nick. Doesn't matter. So, actually, you know what? After um, seeing Shadow Warrior 3 yesterday, I picked up Shadow Warrior 2. On PC, I can't believe I haven't played that yet. And we, I hope you guys have played it because it's basically a funny Doom that's not Doom for the way it plays. Yeah, see, Nick, I know you'd be intrigued. I'm surprised you haven't played it yet because it's actually a fantastically smooth and fun and freaking funny first person shooter. And that was actually quite a bit of fun. And of course, another game I mean, I can't talk about the game, I could talk that I, I could say that I've played it but i mean fall guys it's been pretty fun mm. so 
Just watch that. Watch that page on Steam. Just just pick that game up. And that's all I'm gonna say. So that yeah, that's pretty much my extent. Okay, uh, that's pretty good. Eric, what about you? Um, I, well, quickly, I, I will say Jared is absolutely right. I started Shadow Warrior 2. I have not finished it, but it is really good. I was very surprised by that game. Really yeah. good game. And yeah, seeing Shadow War, uh, Warrior 3 yesterday made me say, you know what? I got to get back to that. Um, and I do plan to do that in this long list of backlog. Um, but other than that, I've been doing the Platinum Run on The Last of Us 2. And I'm two trophies away from that. So nice. Nice. Yeah, kind of currently at the portion of the game where you know I just uh, met up with um, Lev and I always forget the sister's name. Yara. Nara. That's it. I always want to call her Layla. Yep. That's not it. But yeah, that's <laughs> Yara. Yara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's what that's the part I'm at now. So uh, yeah, so that's going pretty good. I should have that pretty locked up soon. I hope. Nice, yes. nice. Yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, I haven't been playing much myself. I've just been too busy. I've been trying to wrap up some final ranks in Gears 5. I keep meaning to start my Platinum run in The Last of Us Part 2, and it keeps getting pushed back because work uh, keeps on getting in the way. So I'm hoping to actually start that this week. But, yeah, mostly for me, it's just been grinding out a little bit of Gears. Had some fun with uh, you, actually, Eric and Nick. Um, mm -hmm. that, was, that was actually good to catch up in that a little bit. Uh, Nick, are you back with us yet? No, I'm not here. No? Okay, I'm on strike. Right, good. good, good. We can continue. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm yeah. Nice. I love it. Let's get down to business, boys. So, <laughs> Nick, Nick, what have you been playing? <laughs> I feel like I'm John Cena because I'm not being seen over here. Um, <laughs> okay, low, low brow joke. Okay. Um, I've literally just been playing Gears 5. That's all I've been playing. I've literally just multiplayer. I've got three stars left to unlock the final skin in the tour of duty with one day left. And then I can start all over again with the next operation. Woo um, but go try to unglue myself from that this week. Um, go try to play through the crisis trilogy. Uh, Cause that just hit EA access. And I apparently renewed my EA access a few days ago as the $4 and 54 cent charge appeared in my account. and went, what is that for? <laughs> um, so I have a month of EA access that I've got to use now. So, but we will move right along, as Sam said. Um, so there's a couple of things we got to talk about. It's big stuff. A lot of financial stuff this week. Um, a lot of hustling and moving and money going places that isn't my bank account, and it's really depressing. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit first about uh, Persona 4 Golden, which, as everyone knows, went to PC a few weeks ago. It's been in the top 10 selling games on Steam for a while. Um, but now Atlas West has officially announced that the Steam release of Persona 4 Golden, which launched a month ago on June 13th, 2020, has surpassed 500,000 players on PC worldwide. According to Steam charts, Persona 4 Golden had reached an all-time peak of concurrent players at 29,000 on June 14th. Um, for context, I believe from what I could gather online, I tried to find the like final sales numbers on how it sold on Vita, but the most updated number I could find was 1.5 million lifetime sales on PlayStation Vita. So it's done a third of what it did on PlayStation Vita lifetime in the first month. <laughs> so that's a really good sign. Um, do you guys think this means more Atlas games will come to PC going forward? Probably. Yeah. I think it's safe. I think it's safe to say Atlas is a very conservative, old school company in a lot of ways. 
but even they are not immune to the almighty dollar. <laughs> even they are going to say like, oh, yo, a couple of weeks of sales, we got 500,000 new copies sold. Okay, maybe we should be paying attention to that. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's going down. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I definitely see uh, Persona 5 The Royal, I think, watch a year. I, when did Persona 5 The Royal launch? That was like March? Yeah. March? April? Mm-hmm. Something or somewhere around there? I think it was March. Um, watch a year anniversary from now and watch a PC uh, port appear. Um, while, while Nintendo Switch players continue to scream into the void as Atlas is like, Switch what? Um <laughs> Uh, besides, I think Catherine Fullbody, which is I think is one of the only Atlas games on there, except for Persona Scramble, which is like the Dynasty Warriors one. Um, I am purely showing my lack of knowledge in Japanese games right now, so I'm out of my depth. I will move on. Actually, we're going to be passing it over to Jared because Jared's going to talk a little bit about Me. the Almighty Devolver Digital event that we had. The Devolver Digital Digital event, which double digital the futures, futures, race. future. <laughs> I love these guys. Uh, Jared, take it away, buddy. All right, we're going to the future's future, future, or the future's future, future, future. That used to be, I, I don't know what they're talking about, but anyways, <laughs> it wasn't a huge event. They did show off some actually pretty cool things. Um, so what they, they did debut with the show was uh, Shadow Warriors, Warriors Three. Sweet gameplay trailer looks fantastic. Bunch of crazy new demon warrior monsters thing looks. Awesome. And then they followed it up with Fall Guys. That's finally coming out soon in August. And yeah, like I said earlier, just please keep re- get the game. Just trust me on this one. Just get the game. You'll enjoy it. They followed up with Carrion. That's going to another fun game. It's, um, yeah, that, that uh, yeah, that side scrolling monster one that goes around basically playing the anti hero, which is kind of nice change of pace. And then what? There was Oliha. That was another one. Is that how you you pronounce it? I don't remember. Oliha. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Anyways, um, that's another one that's coming out of Nintendo Switch Steam later this year. It's a side-scrolling pixel art kind of action adventure game, um, made by Skeleton Crew, Skeleton Crew Studio out of Japan. Um, I guess when the developer describes the game as an adventure platform game inspired by the swashbuckler genre and creatively acclaimed titles such as Another World and Prince of Persia. So that'd be quite interesting. So um, old school Prince of Persia, not the fairly recent ones from 10 years ago. <laughs> and then they capped it off with two things. One, Serious Sam 4 actually looks good. I haven't played any of the other games, but I'm very excited to actually see this one because it just looks like Mad FPS chaos, and then the Barberland Expo, the show floor game you can play to experience showcases and <laughs> booths and all the fun stuff through a video game. It's actually not that bad. It's for free as well out on Steam. So that's what happened, and yeah, let's talk about what actually interested you guys from that event. I, oh, I mean, like the Volver Digital, everything they do is interesting to me because they find some of the weirdest indie creators that are like, we're publishing that. It's <laughs> like they've like them and new blood interactive are why I would call meme publishers is they're like, huh, that's a really funny concept. Let's help you make that a reality. Like my friend Pedro's brilliant. 
Absolutely. And, but it's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like some of those midpoint levels are just, you're like, what is this game? Um, but they do really great and really weird events as well. I always love their E3 events because like everyone remember last year's E3 event and everyone's like, what is this? Yeah. They did like a live murder of one of the, <laughs> one of the <laughs> lead directors of the company. And it was, it was just weird and zany. And I really liked that because there's so many companies that take themselves super, super seriously, but Devolver Digital is definitely not one of them. Yeah. And like out of that showcase, like carry on is day one, because I like the whole idea of you get to be the infected monster that kills everyone. Woo! Um, and Fall Guys just it, it looks so ridiculously fun. It gives me that like you're gonna get drunk with your friends and play this, and it's gonna be one of the best games that you can have, like as a party game. It's like Mario Party style fun, but with a bunch of people. And mm -hmm. I'm really looking forward to that personally. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah, the other game I didn't mention that I was playing, um, I started it a while ago, now I'm back on it, and that's Katana Zero. Oh, yeah. mm. That game is freaking phenomenal, man. So I just want to like, you know, champion what Nick is saying. Yeah, Devolver's like on some other stuff, man. They they just you, they almost seem like that studio when you're watching something like Grandma's Boy. They're the studio next door, like having like a rival with Brainasium. You know, <laughs> just, and, you know, I mentioned to you guys the other day like two studios I would always love to visit, and that's you know Double Fine and Ninja Theory. But I'd add Devolver to that too, because they just seem like they have a really good culture. Absolutely. Of finding the weird and, and getting behind it and what video games are all about. Like, it doesn't always have to be some major big blockbuster, but you can take a small game that not many know about and making it like an event and a celebration around it. Mm -hmm. you know, and do things in a very fun way. Like, they just look like they were having hella fun putting on that event. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of what you, you know, you've come to expect from their culture. And I think people look forward to it. And and I think it's catching on because if you think like year over year when they've been doing these shows, they start to get like it's like more of a snowball effect and buzz where people actually start looking forward to and talking about the Devolver show. Like, what are they going to do this year? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that was really good. But as far as the games, we had, like Jared said, Shadow Warrior 3 looks awesome. Carrion looks really cool. Um, definitely going to check out Fall Guys. But uh, Dan in the chat will probably co-sign this with me, uh, both of us being old asses. Every time I hear Fall Guys, I'm thinking about like, the old show. <laughs> <laughs> The fall guy. Oh, so, uh, yeah. So, yeah, but um, but no, uh, definitely some good stuff that they showed there. And um, I would highly recommend, yeah, definitely go back and check out the Shadow Warrior games. I think Shadow Warriors 2 is in Game Pass. And I think they're so. all on, I think they're all on sale right now, yeah. um, both on PS4, Steam, and or 3, uh, Steam, and Xbox. But uh, but Shadow Warrior is hella fun. So, Nick, definitely play that game. I think you'd love it, man. Absolutely agree. So, right up there. Have you ever played them? No, I have not. They, they, okay. I need to know. I definitely need to. I, yeah, I it's yeah, it's sort of like on that same energy as um, yeah, it's definitely got like that that feel of doom, that mm -hmm. that, that that humor of like a Duke Nukem. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just it doesn't take itself seriously. It's just crazy. Right. So that just, sounds fun. That and the third fun. one looks like it's just going completely balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The trailer looks bonkers. The trailer yeah. looks completely bonkers, which I'm yeah. totally for. If that's a lot. There's a lot of posing rabbits and a lot of other naughty rabbits in the game. It's kind of <laughs> weird. Yeah. Don't know why they're still in the game, but they are. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, any 
Any thoughts on Devolver? If you, I mean, you got a chance to see. I'll basically, you know, I watched it. Um, I'll basically be in echo chamber at this point. Carrion looks great, like a reverse thing type situation. You're the alien monster blob thing that's absorbing everyone. Yeah, that's cool. It's stupid. Go, uh, cool that it's launching in Game Pass. Uh, it's also going to be on Nintendo Switch. I think it's Xbox, Switch, and PC on the 23rd, actually. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it, while you're watching the yep. Xbox showcase, be sure to uh, be sure to download that because it looks fun. I've had my eye on that since it was actually first announced a couple of years back. Mm -hmm. That one's good. Fall Guys, I can confirm Jared is 100% correct. That one's coming to PS4 and PC. I think it has crossplay. I'm not 100% on that, but I, I, I want to say it has crossplay. It's fun. Like, it's Battle Royale, but in a very silly, cutesy game show elimination. Yeah, I, I, I actually like three. Um, I visited Devolver outside of outside of the main E3 booth. It's okay. a lot of fun. Yeah, so definitely, definitely pick up Fall Guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I call it a uh, party royale is what I like to call it. That's fair. That's a yeah. very weird, fair way of putting it. Looks <laughs> like combat? <laughs> they can get pretty intense. Nah. Not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know that's like the key word nowadays. Everybody's throwing Dude, to their. Uh, you could be a dick in that game. I'm just saying. Like you could you could go for the objective, or you could just be a complete asshat and ruin <laughs> everybody's day in that game. It's actually be pretty fun. <laughs> that's great, man. Yeah. Uh, uh, what? So we're doing we're doing a game night of this, right? We're doing oh, a game night. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing yeah. We, we, we all need to pick up Fall Guys on PS4 and uh, yeah. do a game night of that for sure. Yeah. We'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do it for the culture. Um, I don't know what the culture is, but we will do it for the culture. As, 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 the, as the kids say, do it for the culture. Do it for the culture. I don't know what the culture is. This is how it. podcasting is settled their beef. We're going to get like 60 people from like all different podcasts. And we're like, <laughs> we're going to pull an Anchorman thing and just toss it each other into Fall Guys. I'm like, all right. Whoever gets the crown in someone's podcast wins. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I keep challenging podcast guys to games, and they don't want to play them. I don't know why. Um, weird. <laughs> um, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about Sony because Sony made a really interesting move um, that I think a lot of people have been talking about, but I think 90% of people are taking it in the wrong direction. So in an announcement a few days ago, uh, both Sony Corp and uh, Epic Games made an announcement that Sony would be investing uh, a nice little sum of $250 million in order to gain a 1.5% uh, stake uh, in what's called a minority interest stake in Epic Games. Um, I'm going, there's a lot of particulars to this, but I'm just going to read you, uh, Kinchiro Yoshida, who is Sony's president, CEO, had this to say about the partnership. Epic's powerful technology in areas such as graphics places them at the forefront of game engine development with Unreal Engine and other innovations. There's no better example of this than revolutionary entertainment experience, Fortnite. Through our investment, we will explore opportunities for further collaboration with Epic to delight and bring value to consumers and the industry at large, not only in games, but also across rapidly evolving digital entertainment landscape. Um, appreciate uh, GameIndustry.biz for the information there. Um, so, yeah, this is really, really interesting. Um, 
because I think a lot of people were like, I already saw it. It was a meme already that people were like, oh, Sony now has a stake in Unreal Engine. I'm like, that's not how minority interest stakes work. Yeah, but okay. Um, <laughs> but what this is, is this is Sony looking for a partnership that benefits their brand as an entirety. I think a lot of people, when we talk about Sony, we often forget about Sony Music, Sony Pictures. There's a whole different bunch of branches to that company. And a partnership with Epic Games makes a lot of sense because as we know, we not, may not play Fortnite. We may be in the hardcore uh, minority that sits there and goes, ugh, Fortnite. Ah. Um, but those live events they did with like Travis Scott and uh, the, the Christopher Nolan trailer reveal and the Star Wars trailer reveal um, in Fortnite, those were massive. Those transcended gaming as a whole and brought entertainment industry into that and i think sony sees an opportunity of being able to partner more with epic in regards to their entertainment their movies and of course their gaming sphere as well because it seems like almost aside from horizon zero dawn almost any sony published game that's hit pc seems to go through the epic game store either exclusively for a time period or lands on steam just a little bit later so I think there's a really good partnership cooking up there. What do you guys think about Sony and Epic Games partnering? I, th I think it's exactly what you just said. It's not about necessarily, you know, one aspect of something. It's sort of like, you know, in the simplest of terms, it's like you guys have like a pulse on what the youth are involved in. It's not as old. I say old. You know, you guys are like in your 20s and everything else, but you know, like you said, we kind of look at Fortnite and go, or something like a Fortnite and go, yeah. But like you said, that Travis Scott type thing was like trending. It was like everywhere, you know, because that hits people that may not play Fortnite, but they follow Travis Scott, you know. And hold on one second, I have yes. Aww. <laughs> Aww. You did really good. You say no, no, all three together. One, two, two. three. Oh, <laughs> you can only see like your forehead. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that is later. She wanted to make sure that I saw how much of her food she ate. You did good. <laughs> did she, Eric? She got a pulse on the things that matter for her. Right, it's good. So, Damn, it's wholesome. Now we're up in here. <laughs> so yeah, I, th I think this is definitely more on the wave because, like you said, people tend to forget that Sony is also an entertainment company, and this yeah. is in their wheelhouse. And okay, um, so yeah, so that's why I think this, like you said, this is a smart move on both parts because you know. You know, Epic may be looking to make some other inroads into some avenues that they may not specialize in and doing these events. You yeah. know, because Sony knows how to put on a show. They yeah. understand entertainment, you know, and this and that. So, yeah. So, no, it's not, like you said, it's not, you know, Gears just coming to Sony to PlayStation. No, it's like they, they don't even own the property anymore, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you gotta look at the broader picture, the broader yeah. picture and some of yeah. this stuff. This was a, I'll just go ahead and give my thoughts. I guess this is a no, Sony investment. You two are absolutely correct. This was not a uh, PlayStation investment. This was a Sony investment. And right. another thing I think a lot of people haven't really picked up on, though you guys kind of hinted in that direction, is think about it. Due to the U.S. Uh, and our glorious leaders, the pandemic is still going on. And it's going to be going on for a good minute now. And it's going to slow production down. It's going to make things more difficult. Well, look at the technology and the way Unreal Engine was used in uh, Mandalorian. 
and other shows like that, that they were able mm-hmm. to just seamlessly create these beautiful CGI backgrounds that they can paste around or over the actors. You can't tell the difference. Like you literally cannot tell the difference at this point. It looks like that's the set they're on. Sony might be thinking, okay, in terms of production, it might be a good idea to have a closer look at what Epic is doing in that world, you know, because of the Sony pictures division and the film development and all that sort of thing. I think that makes a lot of sense as well. And also the fact that Epic is just growing in value due to Fortnite. It means a few years later that 250 million might be worth 2 billion and they can cash out and make a profit if they want. So, you know, you got to look at that. For 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 I think the the most uh, the biggest thing that I saw to give context to how much Epic Games has grown is when Tencent made an investment in Epic Games to get forty percent of the company, which they I think they own roughly forty percent. I know there's they like, only exactly forty percent. Yep. Yeah. Um, but they basically made an investment back then at like three hundred twenty million dollars to get that forty percent, and Sony had to shell like two hundred fifty million to get 1.5% of Epic Games. That puts Epic Games currently at a market value of roughly $17.6 billion, which is absolutely insane because pre-Fortnite, they were scrounging the bottom of the barrel aside from Unreal Engine. They were really hanging on to Unreal Engine to make their meat and potatoes. So... Yeah, talk about trapping lightning in a bottle, man. <laughs> for real. For, for real. Like, when you consider what Fortnite started as. Mm-hmm. And how it was losing money for years as right. that survival-based game. like I'm still it's mad. It's I'm wild. still mad. I'm still mad about that. I remember when Fortnite was revealed, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play this great PvE Fort game with my friends. This is going to be awesome. Yeah. I remember bought, I shelled out the 50 bucks for the early access pack and everything to play that PvE with my friends. And then they released the beta battle royale mode, and then boom, it was like, guys, that was it. The game I spent fifty bucks on. Anybody? Yeah, help? What? What's that? Fortnite what? literally walked in the room and shot other Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's literally Story that meme where they shot Fortnite. And they're like, "Who did this to you?" <laughs> it was me. <laughs> it was my evil twin oh, yeah God. yeah for real though but shout out to epic games because there's a lot of hard-working people at that studio and company as a whole and uh they're definitely making big waves hopefully they can address some of their uh labor issues that have been quite public over the past year about grinding out patches for Fortnite with all that money but we'll see um tencent um of course which is Mega, mega evil corporation where I feel like they the whole boardroom is just people templing their fingers going, yes. Um, has entered exclusive talks to uh, acquire Leiu. Now, if you don't know who Leiu is, um, they are the developed they own development studios such as Digital Extremes, developers of Warframe, as well as Splash, Splash Damage, who recently helped develop Gears Tactics. Uh, Leo also owns publishers Athlon Games, as well as Studios Kingmaker and Radiance Games. Um, so, thanks to the a little article on Android Central from some lad named Samuel Tolbert. Um, <laughs> just to finish off. <laughs> so... As we all know, there was a news broke a few days ago that Sony was looking to uh, re- acquire Leiu. And now 
Tencent has the exclusive rights to continue this conversation. Now, from my understanding, and I want Sam to correct me if I'm wrong here, is basically Tencent went, we have the biggest bag of money, so you only pay attention to us in order to enter exclusive talks, right? Yeah, so basically what this means is, um, if you weren't familiar, it's actually been known for a long time that Tencent was bidding on them through uh, another company that Tencent owns. And then there was another bidder. I can't remember what it is. It's like some Canadian conglomerate. I can't even remember telling you something. Um, They've been bidding back and forth for months. Sony very recently entered the picture with as a third contender with a bid. Who knows why? Maybe they were concerned about Tencent. Maybe they really want Warframe in like a multiplayer studio. I don't know. But the point is they did. They entered. And then Tencent stepped in and said, okay, enough. We're just going to put out a big bid on this. And it was big enough to get the attention of Wave's leadership who have entered a three-month discussion period. During this three months, they are not allowed to entertain any other offers. They can't talk about anything else. They can't do a what if. They can't say, oh, we'll sell you this on the side. No, they can only talk to Tencent. Does that mean Leiu is sold yet? No. But let's be real here. They're going to be. It's not an if. It, it, it's a way. Tencent's going to work out the details. They're going to figure out how much they need to pay in salary and cash out bonuses for employees who are going to leave and all that sort of thing, and they're going to buy them. Uh, so that's yet another one. Any questions? No. <laughs> Talk about Hydra. Hail Hydra. Yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. Um, you, you want to talk about a company that is actually at risk of buying up the industry? It's not Amazon. It's not Google. It's not anyone else. It is Tencent. Uh, what they own is absolutely ridiculous. You know, Supercell, who make, you know, all those super popular mobile games like Clash of Clans and its thousand-fold spawn, that's Tencent. Riot Games and League of Legends and all the other spinoff games that they're making now, that's Tencent. 40% of Epic Games, they own, They just barely don't have the controlling majority in that. Tim Sweeney barely has it. Um, you know, so that's Tencent. Uh, Funcom, Norwegian publisher, Tencent. Like, just, I could go on and on. They just invested in Platinum Games. They've invested in other side entertainment on uh, System Shock 3. Like, I'm, I'm barely even scratching the surface of what they own. That's just the gaming side stuff. Uh, they own a bunch of other stuff in media conglomerates and all this stuff. And you can't fault a xenophobia, right? You can't fault a racism or anything like that. But there are legitimate concerns about what the ruling party in the Tencent's country of origin, shall we say, has in terms of influence. That is something to be very concerned about. Make of that what you will. But I would be raising an eyebrow if I were you. And if I were any video game company out here, I would be shoring up your bank accounts because it's going to get ugly. You think this is just like the start? Yeah. I mean, you think, I mean, excuse me, you think this is not them starting? This is like them concluding, uh uh-uh. this is just the beginning. They're going to ramp it up. And it's just what's scary about that, too, is it's, it's, there's, they've set themselves up for residual income. Yep. So whatever mistake they would make, would never really be a hit because they just have it coming in from so many places. Well, for context, so many different companies. Uh, You said they try to buy things through other companies that people don't even know that they really own. And that's another scary thing about it, Eric. They don't put their name on this stuff. You don't see Tencent logo on stuff. They're in the shadows, in the background, very quietly investing, very Mm -hmm. quietly buying things up. And that, I'm sorry, that is legitimately concerning. 
Yeah, and I know people make jokes about like Illuminati and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. if you if you want to put like a cap on it and sort of like a thing around it that says what an Illuminati would kind of be, that's the movie villain, Tencent. Like you said, yep. there, there's no name, there's no face, it's just a thing that gobbles up everything. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, they're the empire. I don't know how to say it, it's, it's scary. Yep. Well, yep. And, and the scariest thing about Tencent is that it's not like experiencing small growth. So um, from East, I just Googled it out my sheer curiosity. So the company's full year 2019 earnings revealed that total revenues was up 21% to 54.1 billion. And they had a net income of 13.5 billion, which is a 20% year over year growth. Oh yeah, uh, they're the biggest video game company in the world. Just gonna put that out yeah. there. They make the most revenue of any other company. Behind them is PlayStation. And I think behind PlayStation is Microsoft. Uh, I believe last, last time I checked. If you ever want to understand the reach of Tencent globally, follow uh, Zed Huge on Twitter because I he has said numerous times if Nintendo wants to get a game in China, Tencent publishes it. I even believe there's some sort of deal in order to get switches into China, they have to go through Tencent somehow. I remember reading something about that is that they have their fingers in gang hardware into China as well. So basically, if you want to get into China, you need to go through Tencent. There's a Call of Duty game, actually, that's developed. It's like Call of Duty Online or something that's in China, and Tencent handles the publishing for that as well. And it's massive. So they have their fingers in almost every pie. Like you, This is not one of those things where you're like, well, I'm going to boycott Tencent. Okay, I hope you don't want to play like 90% of the stuff out there because they either shadow own or shadow have stocks in basically everything. And it's just – it's a really terrifying idea that you could snap your fingers and half the video game industry is owned by one company. And, like, I'm really, like, I know everyone sits there and they're like, I want Sony to acquire these studios. I want Microsoft to acquire these studios. And everyone's about snatching up all these studios. I don't ever want us to lose the independent environment of games. I don't want every studio have to be tied to a big media conglomerate every time. We need to still have independent studios and independent publishers. Because if we don't, it becomes so very corporate and i don't mean that as like a negatory thing towards xbox or playstation or anything like that but i feel like there's still some individuality that will get swallowed up if everything gets sucked into that environment i don't think everything needs to be owned by six companies it just doesn't bode well for the industry as a whole it's like it's the same thing as disney buying up like your whole childhood basically um like it's it's crazy to me that like disney owns the simpsons while they also own like Star Wars and it's 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 just crazy. And I just don't think companies should have that much power over the consumer market. It's just it's not good. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads into um how influence works because it's amazing and you know Sam might attest to this as well, like in the States, how one thing will happen and then it gets halted because people say they throw the word monopoly out there while another one gets turned a blind eye. Cause I sat back and watched the Disney stuff that you mentioned. I was like, how are they allowed to grab yeah. all of this? Yep. You know, and it comes down to influence and who does what and how this gets greased because 
I'll even go back to like like Sirius and XM. Their merger got halted for months. Yep. Because people said, well, that's a monopoly. And they're like, we're a stupid little satellite company, radio satellite company that nobody thinks about. What is the big deal? But then Disney's over here like, give me this, give me this, give me this. And I'm like, how are they getting all these properties with no one saying yep. anything? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Right now, what was it? Uh, oh, God. What was it? Um, when, when Sony, there was a publisher that Sony purchased in the UK, and they've closed most of them down by now. Um, and I remember it was controversial at the time, and they had to go through like years of investigation by the UK government to make sure it was okay and what were they going to do and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. Meanwhile, Tencent's just snapping it up left and right. I'm like, are, are you serious? Is anyone else paying attention to this right now? Yeah. Um, and I think that kind of leads into another conversation we're going to be having shortly uh, because I don't think people are considering that it's being influenced by if it, if it, this is indeed next on our topic list warner brothers Nick. unless there was something else mm-hmm. anyone else wanted to say about tencent and Leo. no 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 we, we, we guys covered it pretty talking. good honestly we should stop <laughs> talking about tencent because that's <laughs> you're, you're gonna see a, a ninja jump through my back window and assassinate me live on broadcast <laughs> uh, because i slandered them slightly um i'm i'm awaiting the cease and desist um, but so as we all know, AT&T wanted to sell the Warner Brothers, uh, interactive entertainment branch or WB games. Um, and they wanted a whopping 4.4, 4. 4. or no, it's flat 4 billion as if that point four makes a difference, um, a flat 4 billion for all the studios and everything else. This does not include IP licensing, everything else. You got to sort that stuff out later. I'm guessing. Um, so $4 billion for a list of studios that in their own rights are fantastic studios, studios such as NetherRealm, which of course does Mortal Kombat, Monolith, which I believe does the, uh, Mordor games, um, Avalanche, which is working on a game that slips my mind right now because it's not in my notes. Help me. Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Okay, fine. This is lost. (laughs) Um, Traveler's Tale. Yeah, I'm like I'm drawing a blank. Sorry. Uh, Traveler's Tales and of course Rocksteady. Um, but the originally um, it was EA, Take Two, and Activision were the interested parties in purchasing them, which instantly made everybody go, "Oh no, please, anyone but." Um, but. Um, and I want to also note that I don't think Take Two is even remotely going to be one of the ones that ends up buying it because they said they were more invested in building their own studios, properties, and everything else, and were really focused on that. They said that in their uh, financial earnings and their mission statement, so forth for this year. So I think it really comes down to EA and Activision until the mysterious third fighter enters the ring. And that, of course, is Microsoft. Apparently, Microsoft might be interested in uh, purchasing uh, the media conglomerate. I, I don't know what to call it. The We'll call it Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment Division. Publisher. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to buy up Warner Brothers games. Um, this, this funnels into what we talked about. I don't want – I don't like publishers buying other publishers. It feels – I don't like it. Um but if there was a company that I think should do it where I feel those studios would be the most safe, 
it's Microsoft. Because I do not, like, even, okay, let me even put it this way. Even Activision, I feel, would be safer. Just for the love of God, please do not sell them to EA. Because they're going to be like, oh, we've got Rocksteady. You know what we should do with them? They should do an open-world MMO. <laughs> um, or Activision will turn them all into satellite studios for Call of Duty because everyone's oh. burnt out on Call of Duty now. Um, no more Call of Duty. There, there's a lot of com complicated complex discussion around this because of course we have ip licensing how that works and everything else but overall out of those three that are sorry we'll keep take two in there so i have ea take two microsoft and ea which ones do you guys feel most comfortable with war brothers interactive and keeping in mind it feels weird the 10 cent doesn't have a public bid on this but i feel like there's somewhere in the shadows going hey buddy I got a briefcase mm -hmm. for you because this would be like their perfect investment of here's a bunch of money. We now own these. We make money off these, but we don't have to do anything with it. We let these studios deal with the licenses, deal with the IPs, and we just profit off of these massive IPs. Because keeping in mind, like Mortal Kombat had one of its best, best releases and years on MPD tracking in forever. Uh, that Harry Potter game is going to be huge, I feel, um, if J.K. Rowling can shut up long enough. And uh, <laughs> and just Batman and like all of what whatever else is going on there, there's a lot of stuff that you could potentially make money off of in there. So I can't sub them out. But what's what publisher do you feel most comfortable with picking up Warner Brothers Interactive? I mean, it, uh, honestly... Xbox at this point, uh, and for the biggest reason is that is actually the couple that um, Games Industry Biz article about uh, how they're how they kind of change after acquiring Mojang for Minecraft, um, and how that affected them acquiring these rec these recent acquisitions for you know multiple bigger studios sort of thing instead of just one. Um, they really realized how to properly do it, and in in a way where developers are actually excited at the aspect to the point where they're like oh, we don't see a bad reason to be part of this it's like a stable financial family and we have full creative freedom one more jared was jared done yeah jared oh, did, you, did you get cut off or were you finished there we just wanted to make hold sure. on oh his mic's unconnected jared oh. Jared, your mic's disconnected. Oh, Jared, it's They got him. They got him. He's done for. Uh, uh, he got silenced. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. I my cable on my mic. It's so loose that if I jiggle it a little bit, it just unplugs and powers off. But anyways, Xbox. Xbox. I'm confident in Xbox. Just because of stuff recently that we read. Mojang, all that kind of fun stuff. Like they just have a good culture right now going on with how they've been acquiring their studios, the acquisitions of all that fun stuff. So that's who I'm comfortable with. Not EA, not Activision. Screw those guys, not Tencent. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, at this point, it makes more sense. It's the, it's the one place where devs seem to be most comfortable right now being acquired by someone. 
So use the Xbox because they have that freedom, not the restrictions. Eric, yeah. uh, I'm curious about your thoughts then. No, I, I would I would agree with Jared. I would say for me, um, yeah, either Microsoft or like you know, Boris War brought up uh, like Take Two. Like Ooh. I think either one of them. As far as allowing them to kind of like have a culture and kind of keep doing yeah. their thing, because mm -hmm. like Nick said, EA they they. <laughs> They're gonna have them working on Madden. <laughs> and I'm like, we don't need that. But, but how, that active, how, sick, uh -huh. how sick would Madden be with Rocksteady's combat? <laughs> we can bring back NFL. We can, we can work. We can bring back NFL Blitz. Great, great. Now I'm getting him with Batman and Nightwing running the football down the field. <laughs> just suplexing like some guy. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, just, just totally shattered that dude's skull. But don't worry, we didn't use a gun. We need a DC versus Marvel NFL street. You play either DC or you play Marvel, and that, that's all I need. That would be awesome. I can see a team being like Italian and his warrior orcs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that goes right, and you see like a dozen players go flying. Yeah, yeah. The nemesis system. Good tackle, uh, mate. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh, but, uh, those, but those two, I think, would be as far as culture goes and allowing them to kind of continue being creative and doing their thing would be those two. Because Activision would just buy them in and, like, dismantle everything mm -hmm. <laughs> just to take them off the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, they would. yeah. So those would be my two votes. And keep them away from Tencent. Sorry, Tencent. But keep them away from Tencent. Yeah, it's it basically, I mean, I have some complex thoughts, but first off, I want to say very clearly, I'm not a fan of any publisher buying a publisher. I wish WB was staying independent. I think that's the best case scenario for the industry. I don't like mass scale consolidation like that. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of it. Uh, it's a lot because it means no matter who picks them up, by the way, it doesn't matter. Any of the four, you're going to lose jobs on the publishing arm because there are going to be roles in the publishing side of things that become redundant. Uh, which sucks. I don't like seeing people lose yeah. their job. But AT&T is $100 billion in debt, and they're dumb. So, you know. Yeah. I think the best case scenario, I want to present this to you guys, and then I'll face reality and give an answer. I think the best case scenario would actually be if they could be convinced to split them up. Not sell the entire thing as one unit. Just say, like, okay, bid on individual teams. And, you know, that way we can sort of spread it out a little bit. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe Microsoft would be interested in grabbing NetherRealm and Monolith. And then Take-Two is like, okay, you know what, we'll pick up Rocksteady or Avalanche or something like that. Maybe Activision or EA would go for uh, TT because, you know, the Lego games and lucrative family-friendly revenue and all that sort of thing. I think mm -hmm. that would actually be the best case scenario mm -hmm. instead of having just one big hand scoop them all up. Yeah, it's almost that, like it's almost like um like AT and T is playing like the eBay thing. Like, I could take all these GI Joes and do them separately. It'll take me forever. I could just sell them all at once and get my money, and I'm gone. But exactly. I, exactly. Right, I think you're right. I think you're right. You know. Exactly. Um, but you know, so I I don't think that's going to happen realistically. Who would I prefer to see them with? I think either Take Two or Microsoft. One of the two. I would be. I think realistically either one of them would be okay and they would work to integrate them well and they would there would be the least chance of seeing a studio close and seeing a lot of people lose their uh 
lose their jobs and all that. Realistically, who do I think is going to get them? Activision, because the world sucks and that's how this works. Bobby Kotick is going to go over there with a gigantic, ludicrous wheelbarrow of cash <laughs> that's of the regular bid and they'll win it and look forward to seeing 20 logos on every call. Dude. Yeah, he'll just dump it on the floor like you're mine now. And just walk yeah. out. <laughs> honestly, there is not a guy who has a more kickable face than Bobby Kotick. Honestly, um, <laughs> but in twenty twenty, is like, what about the? How have I not convinced you guys yet that nothing's going to go good in twenty twenty? <laughs> <laughs> you every sign that the most ridiculous shit that can happen is going to happen. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I have to. I have to agree with Sam. And like the best case scenario for this, in my mind, is definitely sell it off separately, because then everyone can kind of pick them up, and then everything's kind. Because of, like I don't think, like realistically, I don't think Microsoft should buy all of that because I don't think they need to add. Was that like five or six more studios to Xbox Ten. Game Studios? Ten. Ten more. I don't think they need ten more studios and Xbox Game Studios because I don't think the infrastructure they have to support the teams they have could handle another ten studios unless they took the publishing arm and went, hey, you're going to help us run all these studios cohesively. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't see – it seems like a really big ask. Four billion dollars, like you say, oh, four billion dollars across ten studios is great, but none of these studios, as far as I know, own their IPs. They're all licensed IPs, so yeah. you've got to deal with all that. Oh, Sam's got a point. well. Well, mostly, you're correct in that they wouldn't own the Batman games. Obviously, like they're not going. AT and T ain't selling Batman, <laughs> and they ain't talking to DC about that. Um, and you know, they wouldn't sell like the Lord of the Rings licenses, the Harry Potter license, or anything like that. They do own the Fear IP. Remember the old shooter Fear? And oh, then I Kombat. love Fear. So I've oh. seen some misconception that those wouldn't be owned, but uh, those would. Oh. And Mortal Kombat is a lucrative IP. Your point, your point still stands, to be clear. Yeah. I, but I just wanted to clarify. I want Fear back. You're not getting Fear back. It's Shut like, up. It's, it's dead. Fear back. Man. <laughs> dead I love right. Fear. Yeah, you know what? Tencent's going to buy them and make a Fear mobile game. Those cookies, <laughs> <laughs> or a pinball game, a pinball game, <laughs> a pinball game. <laughs> uh, wow, it's gonna be like a, a fear, like Candy Crush type game. <laughs> oh, oh. You, you have to take it knives. You're just sliding yeah. in between the ribs. Just oh, here's the we got a butcher knife here. Ooh, let's see where that goes. <laughs> Carving knife, yeah, yeah, we can. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think we can all summarize. Hopefully, MS or or um, <laughs> or they get split up. Realistically, Activision or Tencent. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So yeah. what's the next on the docket? Well, next on the docket. Before we talk about Ubisoft Forward. Uh, we, we got to talk about the little bit of nasty business that's coming out of Ubisoft. But when I say it's nasty business, I mean it, I mean it in a good way, though, because things are changing. So as everyone knows, Ubisoft has been absolutely dragged over the past few weeks amid workplace uh, sexual abuse, physical abuse, all sorts of abuse um, 
revelations uh, across the industry from people spanning all over their global studios. Um, how big did this movement change uh, Ubisoft's uh, studio culture? Well, multiple Ubisoft executives stepped down, uh, including Chief Creative Officer Serge Hasko, uh, the Managing Director of Ubisoft's Canadian Studios, Yanis Malat, and Global Head of Human Resources, Cecil Cornet, have all stepped down from their position as part of what a press release calls a comprehensive work the company is doing to improve and strengthen its work culture. So Yves Glimmel will now step into, uh, oh, sorry, I also forgot that the mentioned Ubisoft's Vice President Maxime Belland, uh, mixed allegations of workplace abuse, also resigned. Um, so Yves Gilmore, which everyone knows, um, is going to be stepping into that role temporarily. He's a, the CEO and co-founder of Ubisoft. It's temporarily stepping into the position of chief creative officer. This is huge. This would be like if the person that basically owns your company and the guys that work directly under him all quit simultaneously. This is insanely massive. And for context as well is... Serge, the chief creative director, was one of the ones that pushed um, Ubisoft into the open world everything and we need RPG elements in Assassin's Creed and a lot of their games direction, which they have said now that they're looking into being more, you know, they did that whole thing a few months ago where they said they were going to reevaluate everything and et cetera, et cetera. He's gone now. Um, and Guillermo will be the one that is filling his shoes, which I can't even imagine how stressful that is. I can't even, I don't even want to imagine how stressful it is to walk into the shoes of being the head creative officer of Ubisoft. It like, I can't even name all the studios that Ubisoft has. Basically, if it's a capital city in a country, it has a Ubisoft studio. Like, like it sounds like a joke, but it legitimately is. And there's, like I don't even know how big their employee count is, but to see over eleven thousand, Justin over eleven thousand. This is massive, though. I've never seen an exodus of high-end executives like this. Um, so, what are you guys' thoughts? Uh, what's what's the future like for Ubisoft? Because like it's not like they just lost you know a VP who sat in his chair and made a few decisions. They lost their head creative director essentially and not to mention the uh the gentleman who used to be head up splinter cell left too so that's really 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 dead now um but what do you guys think what was he doing all day <laughs> um i could answer that maybe if they gave him splinter cell to work on he would stay out of trouble <laughs> oh damn so, yeah, um, I actually, I've been hanging back on the others, but I want to go first on this one, if you don't mind, Nick. Uh, yeah. What's going on, first off, there's been a wave of allegations over the industry. Some are still coming, but there was a wave, and that wave seems to have mostly subsided. Obviously, it's important to stand with all the survivors and the victims of everything that happened. Um, but it's kind of lopsided in how many came from Ubisoft, to be blunt. And, that's, and don't, unfortunately, I don't think that's just because Ubisoft is such a big publisher. I think it's also indicative of a very systemic culture coming from the top. I mean, I have never in a, like you said, Nick, I've never seen in a press release someone say, 
oh yeah, the chief manager, chief manager of all these Canadian studios, which are their biggest teams, by the way, Toronto, Montreal, and Quebec. Like that's their biggest ones by far. Yeah. Uh, he cannot uh, continue in his role due to these allegations. They're basically that's the most PR friendly way of saying, yeah, this dude's getting the boot because he's probably going to get arrested soon. That's basically what that is. Um, and that's good. It's a very good start, but it can't stop there. They do need, you know, Ubisoft employees need to keep pushing for more change and better change and outside forces need to be brought in because if it's a systemic issue, you can't just promote the people who were right under them. You need to bring additional voices in. You need to bring outsiders in who can take a look at the culture and say, okay, this is great. Wow, that's not great. Let's start working on fixing this. And that puts Ubisoft in a much healthier place. Speaking quite selfishly, uh, with the chief you know, officer of their studios gone, I'm going to be very interested to see in what their creative output starts looking like mm. over the next few years. Like, was this mysteriously the reason we weren't getting a Splinter Cell game? Was this the reason everything had to be big and open world? Maybe, maybe not, but I think it's going to be interesting to see. I, I, I meant to phrase this to you because you probably know. And I, I remember reading this, but I'm not sure if it's 100% correct. Is that Guillermo used to head the create? He used to do that job and then step up, and then Surge stepped in, and that was when all the games sort of, sort of started shifting within Ubisoft. Correct? Because um, Guillermo has been a, a creative influence in the company for a long time. Correct? Like, from what I'm reading, what the problem is to try to read stuff from 2009, 2010 is really, really complicated of trying to find I mean, backsource yes, information. Uh, he definitely used to have more of a hand on that side of things, but Yves is also one of the co-founders. Remember that. He hasn't like he he was never 100 percent in charge. He he did have more of a hand on it a, a while back, but he was never 100 percent in charge. Jared, Eric? No, um, I think you guys pretty much went on the head. I just, yeah. The only thing I, I can add to it because this whole, it's it's been exhausting. Like this last month and a half of this mm -hmm. stuff, I'm mm -hmm. just happy that it, it's enough of a head and where people are just like, you know what? We need to, to like to do a culture change. And I think so for so long, so much of it is swept under the rug because no one really held people's feet to the fire and took them to task over this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and for so long, cultures it was like allowed to thrive. And I think now with the advent of hashtags and trending and one person deciding they're going to come forward, you could be buried in a minute. So you're you're seeing where people are being forced to clean their culture up. And absolutely. So if that's if this is what it took for these things to happen and you get these, you know, predators out of the workplace where they have all day to do this. I'm all for it. You know, and nobody's yeah. exempt. No one is exempt. So, yeah. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, I really Anything don't know a lot. Nope. No, it it says, me, right? it says a lot it, to me when you're chief officer. Oh, oh, go, Jared. Sorry, you were lagging there on my end. Go ahead. Oh, oh no, I was just saying, you can hear me, right? Nope. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, good. That's all. No, <laughs> I, I, I got nothing to say. <laughs> I got nothing to say. No, like you guys hit the nail on the okay. head. Okay. Yeah, just continue the change. Don't let it continue to happen. Stomp it out now. Like, just, just do it. 
Yeah, I think it. I think it says a lot when your chief officer of human resources gets fired because you blatantly failed so many employees. I think that speaks volumes. You're like, yeah, you know, you can't have all this abuse going on, and apparently nobody knew a thing about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Where's my, where's my LAUR doubt button? Because I'm smashing <laughs> right now. No kidding, eh? Um, At least they're starting from the top and working their way down. At least that's what I'm hoping they're doing. And just do, just just continue going down the stages and just weep them out. Cleanse. It, it's a it's a real shame too because Ubisoft is probably I would say one of the most diverse studio like, well because they're worldwide obviously they're going to be diverse but they have some of the most diverse teams in gaming and I think they really offer like I know everyone's like oh another Ubisoft open world game, um, but really and truly like the Assassin's Creed games have been phenomenal for so long and have had so many different people work on. And it's the same thing with a lot of their franchises. Like sometimes they misstep, but Ubisoft as a whole, they really seem to care about their games. Like anytime a game launches poorly, they work behind it. Like we've seen them with Rainbow Six Siege. They turned that into one of the biggest esports successes of this generation. Uh, they've turned Ghost Recon Breakpoint around, which is phenomenal because that game was terrible when it launched. They've done so much with everything, and they won't give up on what they've made. Like they, after the whole hassle they had with the division, they didn't have to do a second one, but they went, "No, we're going to make a second one," and they did really well with it. And I just want to give them credit for that because, amongst yes, there's all these abusers and everything they're getting outed, but through all this abuse and everything else, there was these dedicated people that went to work every day and soldiered through that just to give us entertainment. And exactly, it's terrible. But I have to give an amount of respect to people that put the literally are so dedicated to what they believe in. Like someone went into work and was sexually harassed by their boss on a daily basis and still went to work and went, I want to put out the best Assassin's Creed game possible. Like that, that is terrible. No one should have to work in conditions like that. But it's phenomenal. The games came out as good as they did. They need to fix the culture and move forward. We discussed this with Naughty Dog. Last was part two came out. It's amazing. It's one of the best games of this generation and this year. Now take the time to fix all the publicly known issues that are going on in your studio. And Ubisoft can take a breather in between all the like 15 games they're launching in the next year um, and reevaluate and really figure out what's going on because it's super important that people feel good going to work. Mm -hmm. Like I can imagine like doing this podcast and like harassing Sam, well, I harassed Sam the whole time anyway, but <laughs> uh, harassing Sam to the point where he hates showing up, but him still showing up every night and doing the show. Like I couldn't imagine working in an environment like that. Like no one should have to go through that, period, end of story. Mm -hmm. And uh, just like Ubisoft, we're going to go forward. Terrible transition. <laughs> Segways. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need to buy a physical segue to have in the background because I am terrible at segues. Um, <laughs> so we had the Ubisoft Forward event today. Um, so we're going to talk about each. We're going to talk about the individual announcements because we have time. We're only an hour in, but I want your guys' overall thoughts on the presentation so far. On in terms of compared to the other digital events we've seen so far this year, because we've had some really great digital events and we've had some not so great digital events. 
So, like, where does Ubisoft Forward fall for you guys? I'll go last on this. We'll let Jared go first, actually, on this one. I thought it was not over the top. It's kind of what I expected. You know, nothing surprising, really, because everything leaked beforehand. So you already knew, like, kind of what was going to happen. But, um, yeah, it was, it was nice to see more Assassin's Creed Valhalla. It was nice to see the full trailer for uh, Far Cry 6. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for that one. That looks so good. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like a, a decent showing. They didn't, of course, talk about some of the other games that they've announced in the years past, but they also teased another Ubisoft Forward as well some point in time in the future, so maybe they'll talk about some next-gen stuff then, but yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'll jump on in. Uh, so where you have a bar... I can't go too low because it won't be on camera, but when you have an EA Play <laughs> bar that's way down here, yeah. they weren't EA Play. They were here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like Jared said, there wasn't anything that made you like, you know, stand up and scream, but they came and they delivered their message. You know, it was on point. It was on brand. Um, they definitely showed some things um, to keep an eye on. I would say, you know, whether depending on where your hype level is. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, Jared, like Jared said, it's kind of difficult when some of your steam is taken away from something leaking like the day before <laughs> you actually did. So, because yeah. so, even I saw Giancarlo uh, put out there, he's like, I was like, oh, poor Giancarlo. He goes, I can finally talk about this now. It's like, man, we already knew. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, but what I have to give them props, man, because something that UB is like brilliant at. They can sell you on a game from a CGI trailer like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah. Lord, they're, they're they're masters at it, and, you know. But the thing that you hope is that what gets you hyped for that CGI trailer actually gets you in, you know, for the game. And I would think uh, I know we've been talking back and forth about this. I don't think there's really been that since Far Cry Three, like with Voss. Like the, what they showed was kind of like everything kind of came together in that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like, when you saw you know, Troy Baker as um, was it uh, Pagan Mim? Yep, yep, and it really wasn't like you know, that mm -hmm. like it wasn't really sold as like the best villain. So, my thing is, dude, you have Giancarlo, I don't know where it's gonna go because obviously, this kid is playing a huge role, sure, sure, but man, you have an opportunity because you get a guy like this who's born to play a villain. I, I want to see them. I want to see them go all in on it, like go for it. Because I think too, uh, I didn't play Far Cry Five, and I know people that really liked it. Some people were kind of mad on it, but I remember again when we saw that trailer, like, oh man, we're gonna go in and like to the countryside and you know shoot these extremists and do all this stuff. And then I don't know if it really ever delivered on that completely. Maybe mm -hmm. Jerry can speak to that because Jerry yeah. is overly thrilled by it. It's <laughs> Far, Far Cry Five. I mean. Like you kind of went after these fanatical clans and stuff like that, but with this, you got that in the original message with our Far Cry Five, the mm -hmm. Far Cry Six here. You don't really know exactly what's going on. You know who the bad guy is and who his son is, and you know how chaotic and insane and how vicious and mm -hmm. brutal this El Presidente is. You don't know who you are. You don't know what position you're in. You don't know where this is set. You don't know exactly the situation that you're in. So this could be quite a different scenario mm -hmm. than what the previous games have been. Yeah. And I don't know, like, we get sent so much stuff and we share so much stuff. I don't know if it was one of you guys that sent it or if I just saw it on the timeline, but someone kind of highlighted that 
the way he's positioned in front of Giancarlo and the way he has the red in his shirt, it kind of looks like devil horns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I saw that. I don't know if that's intentional or if that was like. I can't see it any other way now. Yeah, but it could be either way. But I'm like, if that was like intentional, bravo. Yeah. That's like some subliminal design. Like, oh, wow. it's marvelous. It, it, it's marvelous. Yeah. So, um, yeah. The Watchdogs Legion looks pretty damn fun. That looks pretty oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> we're we're gonna dive into all of these in depth. Yeah. So we're we're gonna have a good time okay, with you. But to answer, but answer your question, uh, yeah, it, I think it was fine. It was fine as a show. It wasn't like anything to do cartwheels over, but. It, it got the message across. I, I, I think like, I, I kind of like how they doubt they dove into some of the dev stuff too. So yeah, yeah, that was appreciated. Also, um, I, I guess I'll give my opinion. I think I said Sony show for me was an eight out of ten. If I remember, I think I remember saying that it was an eight out of ten. I would say this was a seven, where it wasn't like mind blowing. It wasn't like some crazy reveals, but it was very solid. And also, it was short. It wasn't yeah. even an hour long. Like they. Right. We're very to the point. No cringy Just Dance 2021 segment. No dragging some athlete out on stage to talk for 20 minutes. Yeah, none of the EA nonsense. Just, hey, game, dev talk, gameplay. Game, dev talk, gameplay. Um, and I really appreciate that. The pacing really benefited. I also thought it was interesting there's going to be a second Ubisoft yeah, sometime later this year. Almost sounds to me like something got cut. Or a few things got cut, and then they needed to show them later because. So I mean, we can start with Watch Dogs Legion, right? That was what opened the show. Uh, had the release date of October twenty nine. That game was delayed. That game was supposed to be out by now, but Gods and Monsters and Rainbow Six Quarantine were also supposed to be out by now. Not no hide or hair of them. So I'm guessing those two probably are going to be like some of the centerpieces for the next UB forward. Maybe I don't know. That's that, that's just me thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my thought too but yeah uh watchdogs legion i'm probably not gonna get this at launch but it does look stupid fun yeah right I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the same like boat as you sam i'll probably wait on it but unless something just some info on it gets dropped where it's just yeah. like oh yeah i gotta i gotta move that up yeah yeah like I, it looks fun it doesn't look like something <laughs> i need to experience at launch not with a holiday that's gonna have assassin's creed valhalla Marvel Spider-Man, you know, Miles Morales, Halo, and <laughs> probably some other in there. Like, Nick, Nick, just say it. Nick, Nick, just say it. Just say it. Come, on. Come on. Come on. Nope, I can't even with you guys. I can't. <laughs> literally, literally. Watch Dogs 1 was the most mid-tier game in history. Like, mid to the mid-tier. They overhyped that game. Watch Dogs 2, they were like, we made a sequel to that game no one really liked. And then people are like, actually, this is kind of cool. We like this. And then Watch Dogs Legion, this is why I always laugh, because my whole timeline was people going, I'll pick up Watch Dogs Legion for 20 bucks three months after launch. Um, but super funny to me, because we have a huge conversation about, oh, we wish developers would take more development risks and do things differently. Ubisoft's literally like, hey, we're making a game where you can play anybody, anybody. You can pick any person and make them part of the resistance and build your movement. And everyone's like, nah, I like that Assassin's Creed game that looks like Odyssey, but it's got Vikings. Ah! You know how hard I play. No. Okay, so we're we're going to – I don't even have a comeback for you on that because (laughs) – Okay, you're right. You're right, you son of a bitch. You're right. <laughs> right. 
All right, Nick, I'm, I'm pre-ordering it right now. Okay. <laughs> look, look, look I, I'm gonna put this put it this way. I'm finally glad that Watch Dogs has seemed to have found its niche. And by its niche, I mean with the original Watch Dogs, it was too gray and noir, and like the main character wasn't really likable. And, like, with Watch Dogs 2, it was really colorful, and the protagonist was really great. His friends were really cringy, though. But with this one, they kind of are leaning into, like, the dry English humor. They are going into this. The government's completely taking control of London. You can – you have to – everything smart device control. It's a really – I like, I know Ubisoft's going to come out and go, this game isn't political. It's going to happen. <laughs> I'm say there was no political game. Yeah, okay. um, but the problem is, is that we it feels, and this isn't a political statement, I'm being apolitical right now, but it feels like we could be two years from this reality where they're at. And that short film at the beginning where it was like, they arrested the protesters. I didn't care because I wasn't one of them. And then did this whole spiel of I didn't do anything because I wasn't one of them. It resounds so much with what's going on. I want Ubisoft to say, this is the message we're going for with this. I want this game to be the one where they get the balls to swing for the fence with. I want this to be their Wolfenstein Colossus moment where they're like, yeah, throw a hatchet at a Nazi. It's fun. Um, <laughs> I want that kind of moment for them because this game is the game to do it. Because it's a commentary on everything that's going on in the world right now. It's not just an American issue, a UK issue, or anything like this. This is a global issue where we're seeing the rise of technology and everything else. And I think it's a really cool concept for a game. I just hope they don't middle ground it again. And I feel like they're going to. But see, and I think that's kind of what leans into where, and maybe Sam is feeling the same thing is, I like what I saw. I like the, the ideas of what they're doing. I just need to know if it's going to come together or if it's just going to be like a, you know. Exactly. Like this a whoop, is, but what this, they have, yeah. Yeah, 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 Eric. I'm not trying to interrupt you, but like, no, no, I like what they're going for. I'll believe it when I see it. Right. If this actually is an interconnected, amazing world where literally every single character can be your recruit and you're taking down an overreaching government and there actually is a <gasps> political message about what's going on, then yeah, okay, I'll check it out down the line. But I'm simply too busy to check it out at launch. There's other stuff that is more pressing for me. I'll wait. I'll see the reviews. I'll see a couple of months of post-launch discussion. Then we'll get into it. This man's gonna play that cyberpunk trash before he plays Watch Dogs. <laughs> Nick, I actually am amazing. I'm booking a ticket right now. But 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 Nick, no, but honestly, like your argument there is very true. It's very compelling. You know, it looks like they are gonna try to swing for the fences and not just make it, you know, another Ubisoft cut and paste, you know, affair. But again, we need to see if that is actually going to be the case. Like, is this going to be the one that breaks the mold of their trope? You know, because mm -hmm. um, like you said, absolutely. Like, I played probably like an hour and a half, two hours of the first Watch Dogs after all that hype. And I was like, this is it. <laughs> I, I played the demo of two and I liked what was there, but not enough to take me out of something else that I was playing. And I'm just like, you know, it is what it is. 
yeah, you're right. Watch Dogs is sort of just that thing where, and I know people who absolutely love the second game and the first one, to be honest, but definitely the second one. Uh, so I'm with you. I'm hoping that this is the one where I see more later. I'm like, you know what? That just moved into my day one purchase mm-hmm. type of category. I want that from them. Yeah. And, and, and like, I just love the, how the game, like, it. It's like they were talking to me in the live stream because they're like, hey, this is how you can raid this castle. You can do it this way, or you can do it this way, or you can do it this way, or oh, yeah, you, you can do it this way. And I'm like, hit bone. It, it, it hits my hitman bone, and it gives me that feel like Metal Gear Solid Five story-wise, was a disaster. But I loved the way you could approach everything differently in that game and how the open world interacted with you and how you interacted with that open world. And I've been chasing a game that interacts with you in that way and where you can control everybody. If they pull that off in a meaningful way, this game is going to be otherworldly if they pull that off. Um, so, Jared. Well, I want them to be God tier, so bring on the God tier. <laughs> so, so, Jared, do you have taste? Are you getting watched up? Okay, so um, there's someone that was never actually in touch with uh, – gaming social media in the community back in the day. I loved the first Watch Dogs. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. I actually really enjoyed the hell of a game. I didn't I haven't really touched Watch Dogs 2. Um I guess what I have played a long time ago didn't vibe with me. I didn't click. I don't know why, but I want to try to give the, another try again soon. I am very excited for Watch Dogs 2 just for Two simple reasons. One, I want to create a granny squad or an elderly squad so I can roam around. My entire resistance will just be nothing but elderly people and just snot out of you know street thugs or you know those Albion guys or whatever. And that like that's one of the biggest reasons. And um, two, I just that collector's edition looks badass. And I yeah, these are the kind of games I really like and. Yeah, I had to hit that pre-order on the collector's edition a long time ago before it got delayed. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of I'm happily stuck with it, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm yeah, I'm excited. Man of culture. Um, <laughs> after uh, Watch Dogs Legion, there was a Brawlhalla thing, which we're gonna glaze right over because mobile games. Cool if you Man. like them. Cool if you don't. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna talk about the new, the new hard-hitting genre that no one's talking about. Ubisoft's doing a battle royale game. Hyperspace, man. Okay, I've been calling it hyperspace. When I first thought, I thought it was hyperspace. I'm like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like hyperspace, hyperdrive. Hyperdrive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hyperdrive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. And, like, I love Battle Royale games, but uh, even I'm hitting the point where I'm like, another one? Why? Uh, like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, like, uh, was it good? Yeah. I got one kill. <laughs> well, I, there's, 
everybody's a bullet sponge and from what I played. Like it's very it's not easy to kill someone by quick scoping them or something like that right off the bat anymore. You actually have to fight it out and duke it out and stuff like that. Uh, oh, but be cautious because if another third person comes in while you're fighting someone else, you're guaranteed dead. Either you're both dead or one of you's dead and then you two get, or the other two get in a fighting, but yeah, it's it there's, there's a bullet sponge issue with this game already that I can tell. Mm. I'm pretty sure yeah. I already mentioned that I played this in a previous yes, event. Did. I didn't like it. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm yeah. just going to copy and paste. Might have, I'm going to copy and paste what I said then over here. <laughs> I don't like anything else about it. I just don't yeah. see why Ubisoft wants to get in on Battle Royale now. I mean, I get it, but also, no. Like, yeah. I'm not going to. No. Not I feel on. like it's crazy late. I, I feel like it's crazy late to get into Battle Royale now. Like, like, like we never even talked about it on the podcast because it was such a joke, but, like, when the Culling 2 came back, I was like, the first one failed, and you made a second one, and then that one got canceled after 48 hours, and you're re-releasing it again. Just stop. Because yeah. let's face it, the Battle Royale genre is basically, right now, it's Fortnite, Call of Duty Warzone, Apex Legends, and PUBG. You, if you want to break into the battle royale space, you've got to bite a chunk out of one of those player bases. And others have tried. Mm -hmm. Darwin Project, The Culling. Um, I'm trying to remember some Radical other Radical Heights. Who? <laughs> okay. No, don't. If you, if you say it three Who? times, Cliffy B appears behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I it, it feel like I don't like saying that you can't break into a genre because it's true. People can break into a genre like we see third person action story games that break the mold and be really new and fresh. And we've seen with like RPGs and stuff. So it's not that you can't make a game that breaks the mold and really catches attention. But in the Battle Royale genre, people are very loyal to the Battle Royale games that they play. Because I guarantee you, if I go around this, around this podcast, if you play a Battle Royale game, so everyone but Eric, um, basically, you, you play one almost exclusively. You don't play a bunch of them. You predominantly play one 95% of the time, and you'll dabble in another one. Like, I play PUBG religiously still. I sometimes dabble in Warzone. Don't touch Fortnite. I do not touch Apex Legends anymore. Sam, Battle Royale-wise, what do you play? Uh, mainly just COD Modern Warfare, but I want to point out that's only because it's the only one with crossplay, and when Apex Legends gets crossplay, I will happily jump back into that. I'll happily jump into Apex Legends when they get rid of everyone being a freaking bullet sponge. Um, it does, should not require two clips of an ad magazine to kill somebody or a purple extended mag. Frustrating. Um, yeah. yeah. Jared, you play any Battle Royale games still? Or? Nah, man. Not ever since PUBG. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. I can't. Yeah. It's too hard because if you miss like the first few weeks of playing a Battle Royale game and try to get into it afterwards, you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed because <laughs> you're going to get owned all over the place. You're playing guys that will know exactly what to do within the first 30 seconds to a minute. And you're like, how do I turn? <laughs> what? Uh, 
I, I like, like you're right. <laughs> yeah, that, you're absolutely that. right. Cause I remember I was like, I was day one on PUBG on console. And I remember it was me, Ivan and a handful of other people. And it'd be like, literally you just grab shotguns and find a house and secure the house. And that was the strategy for the first couple of weeks. Yep. And then after that first couple of weeks passed, people started running, jumping, doing all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is way above my player experience level. And the game changed as people learned the mechanics and everything else. But then, like, it's very intimidating to just jump in to a, a game that's been running for two years. But that's a different discussion altogether. That'd be like going, hey, Eric, you should download Rainbow Six Siege and jump into the like the 16th season where people have like 40 operators that all interact with each other and play with a bunch of level 150s. Sound fun? Nope. <laughs> I gotta just say Siege. It is, I promise. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I wish Ubisoft the best with this, but I, I'm i not putting any time into it. The PC open bid is live now, so if you have a PC, you can go give it a shot. What's yeah, the worst that could happen? It looks cool. I mean, I like aesthetically how it looks, but I'm just like, yeah, okay. And that's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just something about, yeah, that you hear that Battle Royale thing, and I'm just like, I'm good. You know, it sucks to be that way, but yeah. it's, just, it's just how it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, after that, we had – oh, we had that mobile game that had Sam Fisher. We're not going to talk about that. Movie uh, Squad. Yeah. It's not the A team. No. It's Elite Squad. Mm -hmm. um, I was so confused when they rescued the villain from Ghost Recon Wildlands and teamed up with him. I'm like, what? what is going on in this yeah, game? Who's the actual God. bad guy? <laughs> um, after that – that was did they go into AC Valhalla after that? Uh yes. Yes, they did. Yep. Yes. Okay. So Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I'll go last. Um what do you guys think? What, what were you guys watching? Because there was they did a good chunk portion during the show, and then they had like 30 minutes after okay. show yep. of showing off a bunch of stuff too. So uh what where are you guys at temperature-wise with Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Hot, baby. I'm hot for this game right now. <laughs> um, it looks phenomenal. I've always liked the, the series. I like the setting. Um, and they brought the crowd blending back. And yes, like, social self is back. I'm so excited for that. I was like, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> People have been wondering for, like, do I want to be an assassin again? This was a major aspect of being a part of an assassin, being able to blend into the crowd, into the, the scenery in the background while following and stalking your target. It's very important. I'm glad they implemented that back into the game. I am very, very, very excited about this game because you guys know I'll spend like 150 hours <laughs> on an Assassin's Creed title alone. But, of course, it really doesn't help Cyberpunks out the same week. So That's a conundrum. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna like going here. How am I gonna manage all this time? I'm gonna have to not sleep for like five days, have a twelve-hour nap, and then start the next game. If I've beaten the other one, no, I'm I'm just cloning myself. I've figured it out. I'm cloning myself. That's the only way I'm gonna be able to play this. Cool. I'm driving um, over there. I'm stealing a vehicle. I don't have one now, but I'm just driving over there. We'll figure it out. 
before we dive into like the like the actual full <laughs> thoughts on this stuff, does everyone else think we're gonna get the next gen console release date in that window? Like AC Valhalla and Cyberpunk releasing in the same yes. week? Like I also, feel like and, and what comes Legion on October twenty nine? Like it's it's somewhere in there. Oh, it's, that's just bad. it's gotta be. But you guys remember the uh, that one Xbox website, the global website, where they accidentally leaked or talked about Thanksgiving. 2020 for the Xbox Series X. That's mm -hmm. around. Oh yeah, because American Thanksgiving's in. And then, uh, oh no, no, that's not it. That's just yeah. a placement thing. And I, oh, are you sure about that now? It's are you last, sure? It's always the last week of November. Yeah. I honestly believe. Yeah, I think that these consoles are going to hit uh, probably like that second week. Like it might even follow that that, that track of 2013, where you know will be like a week apart. Like one will be early. November, then want to be the following week or something like that. So, I think November, early November. It'll be before Black Friday, I believe. November yeah. 20th. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, they'll want people to have it in hand before the, the Black Friday rush and when they're home over the holiday. I, I actually agree. think there's a tiny chance it could be out very late October. Like the yeah. last week in October. I think, I I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so moving on from that, uh, AC Valhalla, I love it. I mean, I, I said I was in from the last stuff that we had said when I think we had Marcel on was the last time we talked about that. I'll yeah. reiterate everything I said there. And the new gameplay looks cool. Leading your own Raiders looks cool. Lady Eivor is free to snap my neck between her thighs. Anytime. <laughs> I beg you. <laughs> also, you can uh, literally... Interestingly enough, we talked about this pre-show. You can swap between them at any point, male or female. It's not like uh, choosing between Cassandra and uh, what's his face, Alexios in. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, they're bringing back the uh, AC Syndicate. Yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it, it's a little interesting there. I wonder what they're doing story-wise. Uh, and then also, you can put a cat. You can recruit cats and put them in the bow of your ship. Which is which is great as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that's fantastic. So, yeah, um, I, I it looks good. I've got it pre-ordered. Nick, <laughs> I'm waiting till it's on sale for twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Killing me here. Uh, no, um, honestly, it sucks to say that I'm waiting. Uh, waiting till it's $20. But if my prediction's right and PS5 and Xbox Series X come out in that window, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to afford this game. I already sold my liver and one of my kidneys for to get the two consoles. I'm not going to be able to afford the full price game. Um, no, I'm probably... I love what they're doing. I've been playing AC Odyssey. I'm like 25 hours in now, I think. Somewhere in that ballpark, but just playing it chunk by chunk. I really like the RPG elements now in Assassin's Creed. After sitting there and being like, ooh, it's not really Assassin's Creed. It's just an RPG, but it's actually a really good RPG. So I'm really excited for it. But, man, can we get away from having five open world games release in a three-week window that all look really, really good? Like, can we stop? <laughs> Just full stop. Steam ahead. Full steam ahead. Yeah, like this game looks amazing. The scale scares the bejesus out of me because I'm like, how long is this game going to be? But 
the setting's perfect. They're doing all these fine little details on it. And it's just, it's really, really great looking. I'm really impressed with what they're doing. It's a great direction for Assassin's Creed and seeing them tackle the Norse mythos because aside from them, it's only been Sony Santa Monica with uh, God of War that's really tackled that recently. So yeah, I'm all here for it. I, I want to see more. I really hope they lean into the mythical beast fights that they had in uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey with this one too, because there's a ton, ton that they could dive into uh, with Norse mythology as well. Yeah. Yep. Is that, does it still stand um, as far as you guys know when they said that um, Valhalla will be smaller in scale to... Uh... The jury is out. <laughs> We are getting contradictory <laughs> statements. The jury is out. Uh, there, there's a there's a hammer being swung at my head. It's about to pause and say, "We'll be right back. We'll, we'll find out what's going on there." Yeah, I don't honestly know. Um, right. I I get the impression this is what just me. Take it with a grain of salt. That maybe the actual landmass of the world is bigger, but that in terms of quest. It's shorter than Odyssey, and there's less like it's less dragged out, less filler. That's kind of the impression I get. Mm -hmm. Don't hold me to that. We'll see. No, I'll, I'll, I'll co-sign with you because I'm kind of thinking that that's what they meant. Like, um, I think yeah, the like landmass wise, it's going to be a, like a bigger map or the mm -hmm. same size at least. But the things that I think they're probably taking in the feedback of people who really loved, you know, like Origin and loved Odyssey, but saying it almost felt like too much mm -hmm. happening. Yeah. Scaling that back, which would be great. Um, yep. um, as someone who has not gotten around yet, and I feel like a complete Assassin's Creed fraud because that was one of my favorite franchises. I just haven't had the time to sink into them because they're so they're both massive. But yeah. I really want to. Um, it's a it's a possibility that the third game here, Valhalla, could skip ahead of those. Me getting to them, honestly. Because it's definitely going to skip ahead of uh, Odyssey for me at the at bare minimum. It's skipping ahead of that, like yeah. no question. Because I, I love the not... both. I love you know the Norse mythology. I also you know I love the Greek mythology, mm -hmm. and I love sure. the Egypt. I, I love the fact that, like how many games go to Egypt? No, no, none, none of them. Do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a very exactly. underexplored setting for what yeah. was an incredibly important empire. And my absolute favorite mythology too in gods is the Egyptian gods. I'm so... mm -hmm. yeah. That could be a whole other discussion. <laughs> so, so yeah, um, it, it looks it looks good. I mean, it definitely definitely looks like they're bringing back some of the hallmarks of the older franchises. So that's going to be interesting how that plays out. Yep. Um, they definitely seem to make a point of highlighting stealth, of saying mm -hmm. you know, stealth is in there. So and yeah, like yep. you said, switching back and forth. That yep. was one of the most brilliant things in Syndicate. And I would say to people, if you have not played Syndicate, go back and play Syndicate. Yes, Syndicate is criminally uh, overlooked because it, yeah. It made the mistake of coming out after Unity. Yeah. And it's a perfectly great game. The only thing I can contribute to is people were like, you know what? You burned us on Unity. Peace out. But they really um, leaned into uh, Syndicate in a big way as far as the characters are likable. The, the setting is awesome. And yeah, I just, yeah, I think people overlooked it for that reason alone. It's like you kind of burned that trust in a way. Or, and that, on the top of that, too, I think people were kind of just burned out. You know, they were going with the annual release like window. But man, can you imagine like now if Syndicate missed that and kind of was like in this this new vein of what they're doing? Yeah, that would have been pretty incredible. But anyway, I digress. 
No, 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 absolutely. And also, like, one thing I saw they addressed is, uh, I didn't play it, but I heard a big complaint in Odyssey was you couldn't assassinate people who were a higher level than you. Is that correct, Nick and Jared? Um, yeah, to a, definitely to a certain extent until later on in the game, um, you can get a power up to where you can do a like, critical assassination. Um, okay. uh, some of the bigger, bigger bosses know you can't do a one shot, but it takes out like 90 or like 80% of the health. Rest of the guys, yes, it's a guaranteed you know, one shot kill, but at the same time, it takes up one bar of your energy or whatever that you have to wait to refill if you haven't done any combat. But yeah, it's not just willy-nilly. You have to okay restrictions. Okay, so they showed off some gameplay from uh, what reviewers and you know influencers were allowed to release. Say, and from the start, it looks like you can take out people who are higher level than you. It's okay. just like you have to get the timing right. It's a timing button thing now instead of having energy in a bar. Which I prefer. I'm, I, I give me something skill based to try and do it. I'll take that. That's yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, I miss. I miss. The, I, I I was gonna say I miss the uh, Ezio execution chains. You used to be able to do in those games. Mm -hmm. That was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Agreed. But, yeah, I think, I think Syndicate kind of had it like that too. Like you would have like an enemy that was like higher level than you, but you could still try to go after them. You know, it may be tougher, but you could. You know, wasn't it with Syndicate you could assassinate high like high end enemies as long as you got the drop on them? It was once you entered combat, you couldn't do like the stealth blade execution on them or something like that. It was kind of like a middle ground almost. That would make sense too, even in Valhalla. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. As soon as I saw a guy get decapitated and blood spurt out of his neck, I was like, I kind of want this game now. Um, <laughs> oh, dual I was like, you can't do technology without decapitations. So, love it. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree with Dan in the chat, though. No animus garbage. Just get that stuff <laughs> out of here. Just history piece it now. We all ruined the animus stuff all the way back when you killed off Ezio. Just leave it alone now. I know. It's still going to be in there. Uh, yeah, I agree, but we know it's inevitable. Why do they even keep dealing with it? <laughs> they know people hate it, and they just keep, it's like, you know, I don't know. Because they know that if they don't do it, some random YouTuber who's about specific sizings of portions will make a 20-minute video about how Ubisoft is screwing over their customers by removing it. And there'll be a bunch of angry anime avatars about it. Like, we know that's why. It's in there because if they remove it, people are going to complain. So they'd rather just keep it in there and have people mildly complain about it. <laughs> uh, it's such a two, like late 2000s trope of bringing the, got to bring the sci-fi element in and all this. That's just, it's, such, it's such a gamey thing. It was really good in the original games, though, when they had it attached to stories that made sense. But now, like, why boost it, booted up Assassin's Creed Odyssey? I was like, can I just, I don't care. Just let me, let me be Cassandra, yeah. damn it. <laughs> Sure. I don't care about all this other stuff. Because, mm -hmm. uh, like, the Desmond storyline in the originals was really, really cool and really, really well done early on and was really weird and interesting. I really liked that. But, but like, now... For then, now it's like, it doesn't make any sense anymore. Leave it alone. <laughs> just... Yeah, like, the whole game desynchronized. I'm just like... Ah! <laughs> <laughs> you lost your enemy. You were desynchronizing. 
hey, can we reenact how the desynchronization goes? <laughs> and then you're promptly looking at the screen like. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I, I think your target I think my away. Your target's getting away. And then you jump to the building. It's like, I didn't want to jump to the building. That's <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? I think my status. There was a building here. I think my building thing, here. You went down there. there. Don't jump on the barrel. No. <laughs> and you're like, you're trying to climb up, but all you're doing is running up and not grabbing the ledge. You're like, come on, grab the ledge. Yeah, no. Um, no, yeah. Valhalla looks great. Um, looking forward to seeing more. Actually, I don't really feel like I need to see more at this point. Just give me the game. Um, now, <laughs> we get to talk about Far Cry 6. Um, I really enjoyed Far Cry 5. For reference, I didn't play Far Cry 4. I didn't play that weird, uh, like, in between Far Cry 5 and Far Cry 6. That was New Dawn or whatever it was called. They're post-apocalyptic. We're doing a standalone game because Far Cry 6 isn't ready yet. Um, I didn't do that one. But Far Cry 5 was really enjoyable. It kind of had some weird story bits to it. The villain was okay, but not super memorable to me. Um, because everyone's had to measure up to the scale of Voss. Because Voss pretty much set the standard for back in the day. Because the, between the brilliance of how he was written, as well as that... Uh, does anyone remember the marketing campaign for that? Where they had, like, the guy buried to the, you know, to his neck in the sand on the beach. Yeah. And Voss is just sitting there talking to him. And that commercial for Far Cry 3 was Voss, you know, just talking to this poor buried guy. Um did they have like the like the, the the campaign tied into like they had like YouTube vignettes and stuff like that mm -hmm. around that? It's like the whole campaign around Far Cry Three was amazing. Yeah, and like Voss has become one of the I would say top ten most memorable villains from last generation by far, and he still would probably make a top ten list now, debatably for some people. Um, I always really liked him. He's a complicated character in an era where shooters are like, go shoot things. And you're like, why? And they're like, because they blow up. Um, <laughs> but he really added a complexity to the villain. And no one in the Far Cry series has really touched him in terms of that. But, man, Far Cry 6, you got Giancarlo Esposito. Man, the potential for this is insane. I got chills watching that cinematic trailer i was like where do i pre-order the collector's edition because yeah. like that's why you go like, to giancarlo like it was so giancarlo as soon as he put the hand grenade in the kid's hand and pulled yeah. the pin i'm like okay yeah. i'm here for this mm -hmm. i'm here for this yeah absolutely absolutely like that kind of high quality actor that kind of bone chilling performance where He's, you know, it's just like his roles in Breaking Bad, you know, or Better Call Saul, where he's the friendly service with a smile, and then he's actually the most dangerous person in the room. Like, forget Agamemnon, Min, forget Joseph C. Like, this is actually an interesting villain that you've got my attention, that I'm interested in what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. He's a terrifying villain in Breaking Bad as Gus Fring, and honestly, you can almost feel that same sort of confidence persona in El Presidente as well. So I'm I'm really looking forward to this and I honestly like it, it could really make a massive difference having this type of this quality of an actor playing a villain instead of just having some 
someone that's typically usually doing you know your basic kind of type of villain mm -hmm. um like you really got to find those people that are truly fit the role that you're looking for in your video game instead of having trying to someone to fit that role for you you got to go out and seek the person that kind of naturally just is good for it and so just yeah i think they really hit the nail on the head on this one i'm excited and and it's promising too for the fact that he seems to be really behind it yeah because he, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't strike me as a person that's like i'm gonna put my face on this just because it was a paycheck like he's very yeah. dedicated to like the craft and he's like and again he's like tweeting about it and he's behind yeah it. yeah he, so. he even talked about it i mean he couldn't mention what it was but he even right. said in an interview a few days before the game leaked like oh i'm in this big video game i can't even tell you what it is yet but it was so cool doing this with the new technology and all that like mm -hmm. this is not just oh we spent a hundred million dollars on a cameo face from right. a celebrity like this is a this guy is into it and that's why i'm i'm into it like yeah. i'm i'm I, also, I, I think the idea of a Cuban-esque setting, a Banana Republic, so to speak, is also kind of cool, kind of un underexplored, you know. So that's interesting as well. And interestingly, uh, you can pick female or male protagonist. Yep. Yep. Really cool. That's like a first for theory, right? There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's a first for Far Cry. That's good. That's no, good. wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Far Cry 5 had it as well. Oh, Far Cry 5. Okay, they did Far, have it. Far Cry 5 had it as well. But yeah, still, good to yeah. see. Good to see. Yeah. I wanted to say one other thing about Ubisoft. Uh, so they've just completely flipped their whole script now, and they don't do collector's editions on other retailers now. It's all on their site. Yeah, it's all on their site. That's yep. been that way since it's it's been that way since uh, they revealed Watch Dogs Legion. Mm. Um, is when I first ran into it because I went to went to my EB Games and was like, "Hey, can I get the Watch Dogs Legion collector's edition?" They're like, "We can get you the steel book." I'm like, "No, I want the mask." <laughs> They're like, "Oh, we can't get you that." I'm like. Mm. Mm. Um, yeah, no, you have to exclusively get collector's editions through the Ubisoft store now. But this this game's collector's edition comes with a flamethrower. I don't even care. I am Elon Musking my way for that collector's edition. I don't even care. I need that flamethrower, um, even though it's small <laughs> and compact. Um, I really wanted to say, though, is like seeing someone like Giancarlo Esposito be the main villain in a game. I think it's it's started. We're starting. I think Death Stranding was what made me really think and go, yeah, we're going to see more of this. And what I mean by more of this is we're seeing a lot more mainstream movie. I put this in quotation movie actors or TV series actors branching into video games. And now I know some of the voice actors have spoken out about how they don't want to have to fight for jobs against Hollywood actors and everything else. And I can respect that side of it, but man, Far Cry games, historically, they have great mechanics, great gameplay. The thing that makes or breaks them is the villain that you are pursuing. That mm -hmm. seems to be what breaks the straw that breaks the camel's back in these games is who is the villain that is causing the terror that you're trying to correct. Yep. It's basically in the formula since Far Cry 3. Actually, and, can I interrupt you for a moment, Nick? Yeah. There's actually something cool. IGN has a very brief interview with Esposito up, and they mentioned two things. Number one, his son, Diego, is portrayed by Anthony Gonzalez, who was Miguel in Pixar's Coco. Oh, okay. I believe that was last year. Uh, so that's that. And then also he compares uh, the way he portrays uh, Anton Castillo to Winston Churchill visiting Uganda, where he believes this is a man who truly believes, hey, 
this place is not using its resources. I'm going to use an iron fist to bring them into the new world. So, I, I'm excited. Mm. I think this is interesting. Yeah, like I, I said again, you don't bring a guy. I mean, um, I think when we saw like Far Cry Four, it was like, oh, you know, uh, Troy Baker is going to play, you know, Pagan Men or whatever, and I was like, oh, that's cool because you know he brings weight mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. But this is a different level. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like different oh, yeah. level. Like you got a guy with gravitas, you know, who everyone knows. You know, either you've been following him, you know, since you know the late '80s, or you really remember him from you know Breaking Bad, which, like you said, you know, a performance that was just fantastic <laughs> on every level. And you know, it's just yeah. So again, I'm hoping that they're they're swinging for the Raptors on this, you know, and just letting him do his thing and. It's like, again, it's obviously something that attracted them to it. Because like you said, there are more actors coming into this now. But before, like you said, the technology is there. Before, they were kind of like video games. Yep. You know? This, this to me, it seems like this is a role. He doesn't see this as different from a movie. This is a right. role he is pouring mm -hmm. himself into. Right. And this game coming out on February 18, interestingly enough, please correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first exact 2021 release date we have for a game, yes. right? Yes, I know right. Horizon twenty twenty one, and there's like some other games that say oh twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. This is the first exact release date in twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah I, so. I, the last thing I want to mention is there's a real I I can't we can't talk about this game without mentioning the cool little fan theory that's floating around. Someone decided to take the uh, photo of the sun. And put it into Photoshop, and then scale the facial structure around Voss, and it eerily matches up. Which could just be a coincidence, of course. But there's also a scar across the eyebrow, which people are connecting. So people are going, "Are we going to play through this entire game, and this is going to be a prequel to Voss becoming a pirate king?" Oh. I think it's a long shot. But if you, if Ubisoft did that, that would be the biggest like. Moment because the Far Cry games, as far as I can remember, have never tied in at all. Yeah, I don't think. No, they definitely haven't. haven't. I, no. uh, New Dawn follows up uh, five, but that's the closest. That doesn't really yeah. count. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say that definitely counts. But like, so I actually <laughs> loaded up Far Cry three earlier this week just to kind of see what the all the scars on the wrong eyebrow mm. for the kid. Ah. Damn it, Jared! And the theory lasted. The theory lasted a minute and thirty seconds. Yeah, it's like it's actually on the wrong eyebrow. The theory lasted a minute and thirty seconds. Buzz has no scar on his. Well, look at this. Right one, it's this one here, and it goes. Look at this way, Jared. If it does end up being a prequel, you get to correct them and say you put the scar on the wrong eyebrow. Damn right, I do. Like, hey, but. Yeah. Come on. Um, but yeah, no. So that killed me. <laughs> Nick and Jerry sharing a, a Jerry and Newman moment. Marcel, our previous guest, he mentioned this. Far Cry 6, Far Cry is finally for, uh, for the first time since Far Cry 1, since it used to be done on Crytek, is now being done again by a German studio, which was which has only ever been done with Far Cry One, so Far Cry series is finally back in the hands of an actual German studio to create the series. 
I always forgot that Far Cry was created by Crytek. That's yeah. correct. The first game was made by Crytek. Also, yeah. uh, spoiler alert, because the first game came out so long ago. The first game has weird lab-created mutants. The first game is weird. Uh, yeah. It's not the same. <laughs> at all. In the and, second one, you're and, a mutant, right? No, in the second one, you are in Africa and yeah. you're infected with malaria. And you have to constantly keep... Stim- the, the second one is a survival horror game, though. Like you can literally burn trees down with flamethrowers. If if, you, if any of you have ever read uh, *Heart of Darkness*, that that novel, that's what it was mainly inspired. Okay. Yeah. No. You were like a mutant, like yourself in some way. Like you had like. You, you know what? You know what? Hold on, Eric. I know what you're talking about. The console version of the original game was published by Ubisoft, and they it, they introduced a bunch of new stuff, including okay. the ability for you to get mutant powers. So I think okay. that's what you're. Right, right. I remember seeing a cover of some sort where the guy looked like he had like tiger eyes or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, That that would be what you're okay. So you're correct. Yeah, because my first game in the series was Far Cry Three, and like Nick said, for most people, for most people, it was. I have people who remember two, and there's like no one who remembers the first one. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually hilarious because my first Far Cry experience was two. And my experience with the game was you load up the game, you catch malaria, you have to spend your most of your time fighting malaria, and my guns constantly jammed. I'm like, this is terrible. I hate this. <laughs> it was like, your Jeep has been exploding. Your handgun jams, and you're dying of malaria. I'm like, this is terrible. <laughs> I want to go back. Where's the video game portion of this game? <laughs> so, wow. uh, Yeah, no. Far Cry 3 was like my really first dive into the series, and I didn't play 4 for whatever reason. I played 5, was really good, and uh, I skipped New Dawn. But Far Cry 6, yeah, with the actor they have lined up and what they're tackling, I'm all in for it. And also the pre-order bonuses, there's like a disc shooter and there's a dog in like a mini like chariot wheelchair as pre-order bonuses. So I need to I need to know what the hell is going on in that <laughs> game. <laughs> but uh Blood Dragon is really good and I don't know if yeah. you, know, you guys play uh, Primal. I didn't play I, I have yes, I, did not, I did not play Primal. That's I did not. favorite one. My wife's actual one of my wife's favorite games was Far Cry Primal because she basically got to go around being a caveman and clubbing things in the head. She's like, Ooh, look at this. No, my favorite thing was just crafting infinite amounts of clubs and hucking clubs at people. <laughs> just hearing the thunk. Stick go thunk. Stick go thunk. Yeah. Someone made uh, a bam a bam bam simulator. Man, that's an underrated <laughs> Far Cry. The best part about that game is everyone knows Far Cry games always launch a little bit glitchy. I don't mean game breaking, but you always get like really weird bugs. Best part about Far Cry Primals, they had issues in the first week with ragdoll effects. So I sat there, I logged up the game. They're like, you can throw your club using left trigger. I'm like, okay, winds up the club, throw it, hit the guy. He goes like across a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm like, shit. Okay. Okay. We learned to fly. Um, and I had similar effects. Why it was like it was like you need to strike the saber tooth tiger to start taming it. Like okay, hits saber tooth tiger. Saber tooth tiger goes over the mountain. I'm like, oh, <laughs> how do I dial that back? 
no, that, that game was really got, weird. Yeah, I remember when it was announced, everyone was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Yeah, wait, Far Cry, let me Google this quick. Far Cry games release. Because I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I think Primal came after three. It did. Yes, it did. Yeah, Far it was Far Cry three and then Far Cry three Blood Dragon and then no, they and did Far Cry four and twenty four. Yeah. Primal came after four, I believe. Yeah, Far Cry Primal came came two years after four, and everyone I remember everyone being like. Before it was revealed, everyone was like, yeah, Ubisoft really needs to shake it up. We can't just keep overthrowing small communities and dealing with pirates all the time. And they're like, here's cavemen. And people were like, booga booga. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then you end up overthrowing a small faction of cavemen. And people were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were really good at kind of throwing that, 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 that wrench into the works for you. Because like I said, Blood Dragon was just like, Hey, here's some '80s B movie tropes, and down to like the VHS lines and all that other stuff. It was like guys are wild, man. They, they yeah, they're like, hey, we have these assets, we might as well do something with them. Yeah, <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, all in all, I think Ubisoft show was solid. I really, what I really always appreciate with Ubisoft is I feel like they're one of the few publishing publishers slash developers that are always blatantly transparent about what they're going to show you. Like, I've never gone into a Ubisoft E3 being like, oh, I don't know what's going to be there. It's like, yeah, they're going to show this, they're going to show this, they're going to show that, and it's going to be cool. And, like, this Ubisoft Forward event, even with, like, the Far Cry 6 leak was one thing, but everyone was kind of saying they're like, they're like, we're releasing five big games. So everyone's like, okay, Assassin's Creed, this, this, this. Mm -hmm. Ah, it's got to be Far Cry. Um, so they're predictable, but I just... I really like their games. Like most of the time with developers, we're always like, try something new, which Ubisoft is good doing with games that just weren't at this event. This was basically their stable of these are some of our biggest IPs at this moment with a new Battle Royale game thrown into the middle um, and a few mobile games we won't mention. But I just thought it was a really well done show. And of the digital events, it's the one of the better ones we've gotten so far overall um next up is microsoft i think or does bandai go have an event first i remember hearing someone say something about bandai doing something uh hold on yeah let me check jeff grubb's summer mess google stadia event is coming up pretty quick here july 14th you know we're talking about gaming events <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Stadia? <laughs> Under the bus you go. Yeah, uh, July 22nd, Bandai Namco has the Play Anime Live event. Jeff Grubb says he'd rather play it dead. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the Play Anime Live event. Man, if that doesn't sound like never mind. Nope, nope. <laughs> Not touching that one. Um, yeah, so July 23rd, we've got the Xbox event. Um, which means hold on. Calendar. Oh hell, that means our next episode will be our prediction episode uh for that. 
because uh, yeah, that's not this Soon. Thursday, but the Wednesday after. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do there, and we'll be talking about that next week for sure. That'll take up a good chunk of our show. So yeah. we will do outros in that. Um, y'all need to do a gaming perspective Divinity Original Sin 2 run as a team and stream all of it. Oh, no. That sounds like oh, an no. excellent disaster. We'll have to do that at some point. That would be fun. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I guess this is the time to announce it now. I was going to announce it on Tuesday when I had everything finished. But there is going to be a Gaming Perspective Twitch channel. Um, <laughs> I decided to start it up because um, I owe a debt. And that debt is I have to live stream Detroit Become Human. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. no. I like it. So... A friend of mine made a charitable donation the last time we did a run, and I promised him I would stream Detroit Become Human. So we will be kicking off the Gaming Perspective Twitch channel with my live playthrough of Detroit Become Human. <laughs> this would be great. So, yeah. No. Yeah. I'm oh, going yeah. to oh, yeah. no. I'm, I'm take all the boxes of tissues away from you, just saying. <laughs> All the boxes of tissues. It's <laughs> taking these sharp objects on my desk away from me. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Game Perspective official Twitch. I will have that all set up for tomorrow. Um, I'll have a link to that, and th- that'll be for basically live streaming stuff because we've all goofed around about live streaming. I was gonna make a mixer, but you know. Uh, <laughs> rest in pepperoni um only fans won't support me for my live streaming efforts for some reason so we're gonna use twitch um so working at the finer details um and these guys are more than welcome to stream every anything they want on the twitch if they want to um but we're gonna get up to some team shenanigans because i figured between uh fall guys and a bunch of other stuff that's coming out that's really team focused there's actually a game on xbox game pass i want you guys to uh check out that i think we all need to play it's called moving out it's a four-player co-op mm. moving game oh yeah, yeah. um yeah we're gonna live stream that a bit too and yeah it'll be a good time and it's just a little bit of variety for you guys um because we're all about playing games because that's what you do when you talk about games on a gaming podcast you play games Interesting concept. Really? Oh, um, weird to me. Oh. Yeah, no, it's weird. Odd. You mean I don't have to do 19 podcasts every week? Damn. Okay, uh, moving to outros. Where can people find your great work, Sam? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Samuel Talbert. That's T-O-L-B-E-R-T. And you can find me right on Windows Central, Android Central, nine more. Come yell at me. Yeah. Yell at Sam. He loves it. <laughs> Do it all the time. Um, Jared, where can people find you? Well, like always, people can find me on Twitter at RageVirus underscore X and all my fun writing stuff over at LordsOfGaming.net. Then hopefully as things go along, eventually it'll be the YouTube channel too. I feel you on that. <laughs> uh, also, Eric, where can people find you? Uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter. You see Jackson with an X. And when I'm not there or here, you can find me on Brat Podcast Wednesday nights at 9 o'clock. 
Absolutely. And I'm Nicholas Danny. You can find me on Twitter at Undead3XVI. Send me all your angry comments. I love them. They give me life. Um, you can find all my written work at lordsofgaming.net, work out some stuff in preparation for the Xbox event that's coming up and some PlayStation-related stuff, too, for this week. So hope you guys will stay tuned for that. And, of course, I will be posting on Twitter the details of when I will be playing Detroit Become Human. So stay tuned for that. And also, if you have not, I have revitalized it thanks to Eric's amazing art. The Gaming Perspective official Twitter account is back up and running again. So with some spicy new art and everything else, that'll be your one-stop place where if you don't want to follow me because you don't like my opinions but you love this show, you can just follow that. that and you will all you will get is official updates and streams from that. Because as I was inboxed by someone on here, I love the other three guys, but I don't like you. So, wow. <laughs> oh, just disrespect. <laughs> Good Lord, man. That's like, you not make a- guy. Um, it, it was, it was kind of like my thing. I'm like, I feel like I'm Guns N' Roses right now. I'm like Axl Rose, and everyone else likes the rest of the band, but I'm the asshole. Um, <laughs> but of course, I appreciate everyone that stops by. I appreciate all our MP3 listeners. You guys are great. And, of course, you can find this episode 24 hours later on Spotify in case you missed anything. Our latest episode, after having some upload issues, is up. This one will be up by tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And all the episodes going forward will be up by 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Monday. So 24 hours later for MP3 crowds. I am working on getting the episode sooner on media platforms but the problem is is that we record off youtube and downloading it off youtube requires youtube to process it and youtube to process the two hour live stream takes about uh 15 hours so is what it is appreciate you guys and we'll see you guys next week when we talk about the upcoming xbox event and all the stuff that'll inevitably happen through this crazy crazy week that we'll have ahead So we'll see you guys next week and enjoy your week.